let's go for some profit from ERP. Welcome to this week's episode of the ER Podcast. I'm your host, Gene Hammonds, and this week we're going to the mailbag. So what's the mailbag, you ask? Well, there's this popular website called Quora.com, Q-U-O-R-A.com. And the idea is, if you want to talk to an expert on any topic, you can go on Quora.com and ask the expert. I don't really know how they define who's an expert, but over the years, I've found that answering questions on Quora about things that I deal with all day, every day has been helpful to folks who don't actually live, breathe, eat, and sleep ERP software. And by 2018, I was named a top writer by Quora, and I had the number one ranking in the ERP software category, as well as some top fives in SAP, Microsoft, Sage, Intact, NetSuite, Ross, Lawson, all categories of ERP publishers, if you've not guessed. And by the time you're hearing this, my viewer count will top the one million reader mark. I remember when I called my wife in to show her that 40,000 people had read my answers because it sounded like such a big number. But one million readers. Well, as they used to say, that and a dime will get you a cup of coffee. Of course, they didn't have Starbucks when they were saying that. The dime doesn't go as far. Anyway, we're going to pull up some of the ERP-related questions people around the world are asking, and we'll go over how we answer those questions. Maybe you have some of the same questions. Maybe you can't believe someone asked that particular question. Maybe there is such a thing as a stupid question. We're going to find out today. Really, a million readers can't be wrong. At least not all of them at the same time. It's the mailbag episode of the ER Podcast right here in our endless quest to help you profit from ERP. The podcast is brought to you today by Ide Bailey Technology. You know, it's relatively easy to call yourself an expert on social media. You could even give yourself labels like guru or, or better yet, product evangelist. Since I run the Profit from ERP website, I could label myself a profit of profit. You know, profit like with a PH, like profit of old, talking about financial profit. Uh, I guess... <laughs> I guess that's all in the pH balance if you get those sort of jokes. But Ide Bailey is not like that. They earn their labels another way by doing the actual work. Ide Bailey is a hundred plus year old CPA firm. Not many companies have that kind of track record. The Ide Bailey Technology Group is a NetSuite reseller, a Salesforce.com partner. They handle Sage business software and much more. And they don't have to label themselves a guru when others are recognizing them for more impressive accomplishments like NetSuite's top five global consulting partner and NetSuite Partner of the Year for several years running, even the coveted Worldwide Partner of the Year. Now that really covers some ground. And while I might be a so-called social media expert, when it comes to consulting for my client companies, if they need NetSuite, I turn to Ide Bailey because I want real experts working for my clients. NetSuite's great. It's one of the hottest ERPs on the market. And there's a ton of resellers and implementation partners all across the nation. But I want the best, so I go with Ide Bailey, and you should too. You know, NetSuite doesn't absolutely fit every company everywhere. But when NetSuite is the right ERP, Ide Bailey is the right partner. No gurus, no evangelists, just experts. Ide Bailey, that's E-I-D-E-B-A-I-L-L-Y dot com. 
And now on to the podcast. Going to the Quora mailbag, which of course is an online portal, so no actual stamps were harmed in the making of today's podcast. Some of our questions come in anonymously. Some tell you the names and where they're from. This one just kind of popped up yesterday. It says, which would you recommend? QuickBooks Online, Zero, or MYOB? Those are all entry-level bookkeeping programs for small business people. Well, the people aren't small, but the businesses are just getting started. If you know small business people, you get it. So back to the question, which would you recommend, QuickBooks, Zero, or MYOB? QuickBooks QB is more common. You find more people to hire that know it. Your CPA and auditors will be familiar with it. It's great for starting out until your company you know, grows past like three people in the business office or, or $5 million in revenue. A lot of forward-thinking CPAs like Zero. it's great new technology. It's trending up, but it's still miles to go before it becomes as ubiquitous as, as QB. MYOB has been around for years, and it really has never really broken out as a better mousetrap in terms of market share. But all of that said, what you need for your business and how these software platforms work should drive your decision. Really. MYOB might be the absolute best for some businesses. Others see Zero as their hero, and, and most are really going to end up with quick QuickBooks. But whatever you do, don't grow your business past the capabilities of these entry-level programs. It's really easy to add a person or two to the office because the workload gets intense. And instead of moving up to actual accounting software from Sage, Microsoft, or others, uh, you just hire one more person. It's like this. You start out on QuickBooks, and, and after a while, the workload adds up. Your choice is software to automate or more staff to manage workloads. So you add one more person. This is year one. And now you're spending 50000 in salary to avoid a 50000 ERP system. Fine. Year two, a couple more people. And now you're spending $150,000 a year in salaries. Plus, you add in last year's 50000 Okay. That's 200000 to avoid that $50,000 software project. Next year, you add another FTE, and now we're really, we put $400,000 into labor to avoid a one-time $50,000 software package. Really? Yeah, really. Last week, I had a lunch with a guy that was running a $30 million company with 17 people in the back office running QuickBooks. A $300,000 ERP package would have saved this guy about 10 employees, probably 12, but I didn't want to hurt his feelings too bad. And he waited three years to really check into finding the right ERP. I didn't, even, I didn't want to do the math on that one, but I'm sure we would have both been cringing. Don't be that guy. Next question. A Quora reader writes, is SAP ERP good for small business accounting? SAP ERP costs about $3 million to start, so not many small businesses hop on board right away there. There is, however, SAP Business One, B1. It's a platform. It was originally developed by an Israeli firm, and it was purchased by SAP to serve the mid-market and emerging companies. Now, while some smaller companies use it, it's normally priced a bit high, even for emerging companies, and it tends to play better in the mid-market, $50 million and up type companies. But as with all ERP, there's exceptions for certain businesses that are more complex than others. So it doesn't mean you're not going to find a, a few $20 million companies really happy with B1. On to our next question. They write, is the FDA approval required for canned dog food made outside the USA before it's imported? Excellent question. 
And here's the answer. Pet food falls under a whole different category than food for human consumption. That's why your pet products represent the biggest risk to salmonella contamination of anything in your kitchen. So it's best to keep Rover's doggy dish separate from the fine china, or, or if you got a plate or spoon that came into contact with dog food, you need to run it through the dishwasher. And I had to add it. I got a comment from Van. He, he said below, pet and livestock food falls under the Department of Agriculture, not the FDA. And he's absolutely right. I do a lot of pharma stuff and a lot of food and beverage, so my specialty is knowing about FDA-regulated environments. So I got to learn something from this one, too. But back to pet food. We leave the reader with a script from a commercial that never ran. We open on the scene. It's a smiling woman dishing out some canned dog food into a pet bowl marked Rover. And the woman says, oh, new beef bowl. This smells like dog food. And the man re replies back, that's pure salmonella goodness coming through in every bite. And Rover says, Rarf. <laughs> a little disclaimer, not all pet food companies have low manufacturing standards, but we're using a little humor here to differentiate between food for human consumption and animal products. So that takes us to our next question. Someone writes in, what's the link between a funnel and a sales pipeline in a CRM? CRM is customer relationship management. It's, it's kind of a sister software to ERP, uh, something that we dabble in uh, from time to time. And the answer, what's the difference between a funnel and a sales pipeline? Well, thinking of the sales pipeline as a funnel shape helps salespeople understand I need to put a lot of prospects in the top to get a few sales out the bottom. There might be more to that, but I don't think so. That said, I'm sure to be corrected by someone who's better at overthinking things than I am. But that was their answer, and it got two upvotes. So hooray for that. Next question. Does NetSuite offer vertical industry-specific solutions? The answer is no. So NetSuite does not offer vertically branded industry-specific ERP. It's not like they offer, say, donut suite for the donut shops. But they do offer micro-vertical support strategies to targeted industries. For example, I've worked in process manufacturing since about 2006, specifically in the food and beverage and pharmaceuticals area. NetSuite recently launched a food and beverage micro-vertical, and from what I can gather from poking around on LinkedIn, I know about three-fourths of the people who make up the internal NetSuite F&B team, because I've worked with them when we were both at like Ross ERP, Lawson M3 ERP, Microsoft Dynamics Partners, and so on over the years. And I competed with the other fourth when there was SysPro, N4, Just for Food, whatever. So NetSuite's brought in some, some good talent. And then that brings us to something called Sweet Success. Let's talk about what Sweet Success is not. Sweet Success is commonly thought of as a quick implementation strategy that slams in this generic, in this case, food-based implementation project. That's been tried several times by other ERP groups over the years, and it usually fails. Sweet Success is not that. What Sweet Success does is it studies current NetSuite users in certain verticals, and they amass detailed information regarding how users specifically factor NetSuite features into their processes for better efficiencies and productivities. Now they've got some real-world data, and there's no doubt some input into future core NetSuite development, but there's also an understanding of the industry, which really can lead to a quicker implementation, which is, of course, going to be less costly um, in the short run and the long run. 
And in our consulting practice, we've been doing this exact same thing for years with clients. We make sure that whatever ERP package our clients select, we're going to connect them with the most experienced implementation team in that particular vertical because it does save time, money, and it has far better outcomes. Adding suite success to the already strong NetSuite advantages for made-for-cloud ERP, and it's a much quicker implementation time, and NetSuite becomes even more compelling. Now, here's a caveat. I don't work for NetSuite, and everything I've written here in this Quora answer would, would probably make the NetSuite marketing team snatch themselves bald. But I do have real-world experience with our clients who elect to go with NetSuite. Probably over half the 25, 30 ERP projects a year we do end up with NetSuite. So it's just my experience and my understanding, so don't hold me to the details, and, and, and uh, don't hold them to, to my details either. I did start working in the Emerging Pharma vertical with NetSuite early on, and I give the Quora readers a link to the uh, ERP versus QuickBooks for the pharmaceutical industry uh, 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 blog post we posted earlier, and then the podcast, uh, episode two earlier. You guys have probably already heard that because you subscribe and listen religiously, and I thank you for that. Do we have time for more questions? Oh, yeah, here we go. Tarun Timpafi from New Delhi writes, why do we require NetSuite ERP system for life sciences organizations? Well, thanks for asking, Tarun. Uh, we also noticed you're selling NetSuite Consulting and you made a habit of answering your own questions on Quora. But hey, it's a free website. We do what we want. But my answer to why do we require NetSuite ERP systems for life science organizations? Well, the answer is NetSuite is not required in the life sciences organizations, nor is ERP particularly required. There are requirements for the industry, uh, I'm not sure exactly what side of life sciences he's talking to, but for pharma manufacturing stateside and device manufacturing, medical device manufacturing, quality records are required, GMP, good manufacturing practices are required with version controlled SOP, that's standard operating procedures that call out the specifics of the process of production and supply chain. All of this can be handled by NetSuite in conjunction with other quality software. In the life sciences research area, certain government grants call out specific level of workers to be on a project and maximum salaries that can be charged back to the project. Financially, it's tough to, to follow and set up. And reporting on it accurately is something that NetSuite can accomplish, and there are some added apps that you can get to help you with that. Those are just a couple of the more common issues life sciences companies will bring to us in the US when they're considering their software infrastructure, we line up all the popular options, we present the various ERPs and related software platforms, and more times than not, our clients tend to go with NetSuite by choice, but it's not required. You know, 10 years ago, most life sciences organizations had to run a tier one software at a cost of several million dollars. Uh, five years ago, smaller ERP offerings from Microsoft, Infor, Sage, Aptian, and others were able to replicate a lot of that functionality for smaller life science organizations. It cost, you know, right under or around a million dollars. Today, NetSuite cuts those previous prices in half with cloud advances and functionalities and save a great deal of money. So, not required, but maybe preferred. And then we give them some links to the previous uh, podcast that we've talked about again. So here I am shamelessly plugging my own podcast, which Tarun is, is, is doing with his questions as well. Uh, it, 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 it's a free website. I, I mentioned that before. Last question. From Iceland, we have a question by Christian Christiansen. 
<laughs> I guess if I lived in Iceland, my name would be Haman Hamansen. But anyway, Christian Jansen asks, how is blockchain being used in ERP now? How do you think blockchain will advance in ERP? What do you expect to see? Well, the answer is, while blockchain has been very popular in the buzzwordery of the tech press, as far as I can tell from inside the ERP industry, it's a technology that's still in search of a reason for being. Now, IBM has done some good work with blockchain tracking in the food industry. It could be a workable solution if, and this should be a very big if, if the smaller players in the food chain, thinking specifically here of shippers and packers, if those guys can afford IBM prices, which normally they can't. So in this case, blockchain's purpose might be as a market protection device designed to allow the larger producers who can afford IBM to block out smaller participants from even playing. Don't know that that's going to happen, but hey. Now, with that said, remember, I'm working on the street with ERP users that are implementing today. That means technologies like blockchain are not something I'm readily researching. Thus, you know, I haven't found the need to know situational uh, requirements that would, would prod me to have a full understanding and get up to speed in order to implement blockchain-driven technologies. I keep tracking it in case it starts to show up on the radar. Like several days ago, I put a link in here to uh, the MIT Technology Review. The title of the article is, Once Hailed as Unhackable, Blockchains Are Now Getting Hacked. And that does not bode well for blockchain technology and ERP going forward. But as a multi-entity supply chain tool, perhaps. As an internal ERP technology, we haven't seen it yet. And then Eric Daniels comments for us here. He's a systems analyst and ERP software developer. He says, I remember having conversation with someone about blockchain and they kept saying how it was unhackable, which I kept reassuring them there's no such thing as unhackable. Hackers just haven't figured it out yet. Thanks for posting the article. I hadn't come across it yet. And thanks for your comment, Eric. That's it for this week's ER podcast, brought to you by Profit from ERP. Coming up in future episodes, our roadmap calls for podcasts on how recent developments mean pharma manufacturers can use cloud ERP for the first time. We'll look at the American manufacturing renaissance and how picking technology helps pick tomorrow's winners. We're going to review the new Microsoft Cloud ERP products in an episode we're calling Microsoft What the... Whatever. And one more time, we're going to get into how QuickBooks isn't real accounting software, but it's costing small businesses real money, real wasted money. So just like any roadmap in the software industry, just because we're developing these shows doesn't mean we'll hit the release dates. <laughs> That's how software works. Thanks for listening to our mailbag episode. I'm Gene Hammonds, your host. And really, if you have questions about ERP, you don't need to go on Quora.com and hope we one day see your question. Contact us directly at info at profitfromerp.com. Because our business and our only business is helping you profit from ERP. Whatever your industry, whatever your vertical, whatever the ERP, we don't sell the licenses. We don't implement the technology. We just sell the profit from ERP.